Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode, I got to check my notes, 64 of the Still City Insider podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jeremy Ritz, alongside, we have Shane with us, Roy's with us, Matt's with us. Jim is, we're giving Jim the night off. He gave us the <laughs> But uh, gentlemen, how are you doing today? Good, good. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just pumped, man. It's like it's like Christmas morning is almost here. Almost uh, here. Re- ready to open the gifts. Let's like let's get there. Yeah, I'm I'm along with Shane here. I just seen the bicycle upstairs, and I'm waiting for it to be underneath the tree. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait for it right now to go try it out. Yeah, so we- we're all like that, man. It's like Christmas morning type deal. Thursday is like our Christmas now. That's it. That's it. We are only two days away from the NFL draft. And today is a special episode here on the Still City Insider podcast because we're doing our first ever mock draft. Yes, you heard me correctly. We have a mock mock draft we're going to go through. Each of us are going to be doing uh, selections for all the Steelers picks. We're excited to get into that. But before we do, just three items wanted to talk about have been recently in the news with your Pittsburgh Steelers. Um Shane's going to start by talking about Mike Tomlin recently in the draft press conference, pre-draft press conference, talked about teams contacting the Steelers about the potential for trading to obtain that 30-second pick. Um, Shane, you want to talk about that, the the potential of that actually happening and how that could benefit or hurt the team? Look, I think it's always a benefit to have that first pick on Friday because you get the opportunity to listen for more than a couple minutes for that trade, right? The the draft ends Thursday, round one's over, and you have uh, 20 hours until day two starts and that 30-second pick's on the board. So I expect the Steelers are going to continue to take calls. You know, they're probably going to want to see how the board shakes down. Is there a player that they're targeting that, that they have maybe graded as a first round pick or a fringe first round pick that falls to 32 fits what they want. Then now we're not going to make the move. Uh, Or if you're kind of out of luck, and you like, you know, maybe a couple guys more where where the next second round pick is. Hey, you can move back a couple spots, get two of those players and pick up some of the extra draft capital, especially missing a couple of those day three picks. It might be nice to get them back. I right. I, I think the speculations always that first pick on Friday is going to get traded and then it like never does. Right. right. I, I think when, when you get to see like, oh, here's who we can get. You're like, ah, I don't, I don't want to trade it. I think that's what's probably going to happen. The Steelers really have brought in for visits and are looking at players around that area. I think they're going to draft one at 32. Were you guys like me real quick? And after the Steeler game against the Browns, were you guys watching the Houston Texans game, hoping that they get that 32nd pick? Because, you know, it's you want that just for that reason that Mike Tomlin said is to be able to, you know, got 24 hours and let teams field phone calls. So, yeah, it's a unique position. I think a re- the one thing we got to watch, guys, is is Hendon Hooker going to go in the first round? If Hendon Hooker's still available and he's there at 32, I think that price tag gets jacked through the roof. So um, the quarterback price tag might make you make a deal you know you can't refuse. But I'm I'm kind of along with Shane with the way the visits they brought in. A lot of these guys they've been they've been bringing in and talking to are right in that area the of the late first you know early second round. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So something, uh, an added storyline to make this draft even more exciting for Steelers fans, that 30-second pick. But also, too, there's been speculation and discussion. More than likely, it's just rumors that the Steelers possibly could trade up. We've heard the Bears referenced uh, in this type of move. Roy, do you want to talk about the the possibility that the Steelers could move up to target an offensive tackle or, or an elite player? And what are your, what's your take on that possibility? 
Yeah, I've seen I've seen a couple different rumors. One, like you said, um, at nine, they're going up with the Bears. I also seen a recent rumor with the Falcons, uh, being that they're interested in Bajan Robinson, maybe trying to drop down the teens and be able to still get him. Um, being he's a running back, we know all the you know the bad words that come out if running backs get taken in the first round. Uh, but for me, if they're going up that high, I just really don't see it happening. Being like Shane mentioned here at thirty-two. We're missing those day three picks. You know, the Steelers like to acquire young players and, and be able to keep them on second contracts. I don't see them mortgaging, you know, maybe a third round pick or maybe even that second second round pick to go up and get a guy. Uh, I just don't I'm not a biggest fan of, of Paris Johnson Jr. Um, I wouldn't go get that. The only guy that for me uh, would maybe intrigue me was Christian Gonzalez being we brought him in for a visit. That one kind of raised my antenna up a little bit because. He's really been a top 10 player for me throughout the entire draft class. And, you know, we're sitting there in the mid-teens. Like, why would we be bringing him in unless that's the guy maybe we're targeting to go up and get? Uh, But I just really don't see him paying the price to go up. uh, And even mortgaging, say, a pick from next year to go up and get a guy like that. Yeah. And Shane, what do you think? Like, because you're you're Ohio State fan, what do you think about Paris Johnson? I don't think he's going to be there. I, I, I'm hearing even three to Arizona is a possibility for him. Like, you know, I know a lot of people want him to fall to the Steelers. I, I, I think you might have a hard time having him fall to eight or nine. So uh, that'll be difficult. Right. right. If he fell to nine or maybe even 11, would you want to move up? I'd make the call, right? See what the price tag is. And, and right. the Steelers have not been shy about trading future picks. It hasn't been high right. picks, but trading future picks. But that might cost you, you know, a future first. And and that's not yeah, worth it to that. me. Well, the, the only guy I think I would do that for, fellas, and I'll see what your opinions is, is if Jalen Carter somehow drops to eight or nine. Would you guys go up and try to add him beside Cam Hayward? Because that... I would maybe consist, but uh, I'm like you, Shane. I can't part with a future one for, I think, about any prospect in this draft. It's intriguing, but to me, I, I, I you know, and, and Khan said that yesterday, got to love football. And I want a guy that loves football and has got his priorities straight, right? I, I'm a little concerned. You remember Robert Kimbichi, everybody was saying he's going to be a top three, top five pick. He slides down to 27 because of character concerns, and then he doesn't pan out. So is this going to pan out when all of a sudden he's got all the freedom in the world and he's got a little extra money in his pocket? Cam Hayward would be the ideal, you know, mentor, mentor for him. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, a kid being me being in education, you can only educate somebody so much and they've been educated for 20 something years. True story. People around them. <laughs> and it's, you know, you're running on the hamster wheel a lot of times. So, uh, I just think it's it's too big of a risk. And like you guys, I want more picks. If you're good at what you do, yeah. But you know, let's move down a little bit. Let's be confident. They did say yesterday it was a deep draft. Okay, then let's get more good football players in here. Uh, so I don't know if there's really, in my opinion, like a guy I would want to trade up for. I don't know what you, what you guys think. You know, other than maybe Gonzalez is a great point. He's a unique, but it, again, it's corner. So. Yeah, I'm I'm still burned from the uh the Devin Bush debacle that we're gonna solve yeah. for a couple more years. So I'm 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 staying pat. But shifting gears real fast before we get into our first ever mock, uh the last yeah. piece of Steeler news we want to talk about is Steelers did sign Miles Boykin to a one-year deal. This comes on the heels of the trade for Allen Robinson. Um, I like the signing. I like the contributions that Boykin has made on special teams. Gentlemen, your thoughts. Yeah, I like Boykin, and I for a gunner, absolutely. 
So six guy, you're going to keep six wide receivers. I would assume that, you know, he's more of a special teams guy, but he was, he did a great job at Gunner last year. So that was good. Now I think you look at the receiver position, it makes it even less likely you may be one of those two seventh round picks, somebody to compete against Anthony Miller. But, you know, that's, that's really, it's a special teams move, right? Right, fellas? Thank. Yep. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, he was, in my opinion, a Pro Bowl caliber gunner last year. He could have been named the Pro Bowl as a special teams player. Um, And he's really the modern day Hayward Bay. You know, the way a high round pick, height, weight, speed guy, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of put his ego aside and really just embraced having maybe a long career on special teams. So between him and Dan Chesna, uh, the guy they brought in on futures contract, those are two high quality special teams players. Um, And, you know, we'll see uh, if it comes down to dollars and cents. If there's a place maybe you can save a little money. This is probably a bet minimum, uh, the 101 million where it's uh, you get a kind of a break on the salary cap. Maybe you maybe you cut him if you're down, you know, final cuts where you need a little bit extra spending money. But yeah, for the quality of play, you go on special teams. Definitely a home run. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, gentlemen, are you ready? First ever still sitting insider mock draft. Let's yeah. do it. Let's Rats. do it. All right. The way this will work, I'll I'll moderate it. But here's our uh draft order. Shane's up first with number 17. Roy's got number 32. Matt 49. I'm gonna take pick 80. Shane has got 120, Roy 241, and Matt's going to close this out with 251. Just so you know, we don't know the player that each other is going to select. So we're going into this, going to be just as much surprised as all of you are out there. But we'd love to hear your feedback on the picks in the comments. Uh, Let us know your thoughts. But Shane, you're on the clock. Number 17. Big Big pick 17. Uh, Look, it's tough because it's all about who's going to be there at 17. I mean, I I think position wise, probably looking at at really three positions. It's corner, it's offensive line, and it's defensive lineman. Uh, I tend to think that the board and the Steelers will trend towards either corner or offensive tackle. And I really think the offensive tackles are going to get pushed up in this draft. I know Darnell Wright, the offensive tackle from Tennessee, has been a common pick. The right tackle who stonewalled Alabama's Will Anderson uh, this season, you know, would be a great pick. I think I think he's going to be gone, maybe one pick ahead of the Steelers, the Washington Commanders. So, you know, I'll take the low hanging fruit and make the pick. I'm going to take Joey Porter Jr., the corner out of Penn State here. I think if he's there at 17, I think they select him. I don't know if he will be, but you can tell by the the visits, the corners they've been interested in. It's not just that Joey Porter is the, you know, Junior is the son of Joey Porter. You know, it's not just that link. It's that the Steelers want a physical press man corner. That's who they're bringing in. You know, we mentioned Christian Gonzalez before. They're bringing in Deontay Banks from Maryland, who I think is a, a, a legitimate option here at 17. Julius Brents from Kansas State, et cetera, et cetera. It's these press, physical corners of the line that we've lacked, I think, since like Taylor has even been on the Steelers. So I think Porter brings that in. You, you got to clean him up, you know, outside the line of scrimmage. If he does get beat or he makes a bad guess, I think there is some development there. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, but you're going to get a physical corner at the line of scrimmage that, that can match up with the Jamar chases of the world. And really that that's what we need right now. Right. So. Um, yeah. <laughs> I like it, dude. <laughs> I mean, it's just good. I, I do. Would you prefer, I'm just curious. Cause we talk about the first pick and it's fun. Like, 
would you prefer him? I mean, I probably would prefer him over or Banks, but I think about, you know, and Wex mentioned something, you know, Jamar Chase being fast and and Banks running 4-3. So who's the better? If you're trying to shut down Jamar Chase, that's we're, we're having our draft war room uh, conversation right now, fellas. Is we're like, what do you do there? Do you stick with Porter in those 34-inch arms and be confident of shutting them down? Or do you, you know, so... Just to get anybody's take on that, Jeremy, you're welcome to take it too, man. Anybody, I just—it's an interesting debate. I, I love the pick, but yeah, Porter, as far as his transitional skills, scare me a little bit. But you cannot ignore how physical he is at the line of scrimmage. If he was running a four-four-six and wasn't as physical as he was at the line of scrimmage, I would definitely have more pause uh, mm-hmm. making this pick. Uh, but you know, you look at his ball skills. A lot of people knocked his ball skills. He was only targeted like 30, 33 times last year. You're not going to get a lot of uh, interceptions whenever it comes to that, especially playing press man. You're not in zone. Zone coverage really gives you more opportunities to make the plays on the ball. Man coverage, you're usually in trail with your you know, your head to the quarterback. He's not going to put up big numbers like that. It's kind of the, the conversation you have about Jalen Ramsey uh, when he was coming out of Florida State. So for me, I'm a huge fan of Jory Porter, uh, but for me, if – if you're going to tell me I could get Joey Porter or maybe take an edge rusher, you know, I might take an edge rusher first and maybe back that pick up with the second one in the second round at like Darius Rush, similar type player. Uh, yeah. I had him in my block on 24-7 that similar lengthiness, uh, but he's a former receiver. He has a little bit better ball skills, maybe naturally, um, better transitional skills as well. A little faster, ran a 4-3-6 in the 40. Well, and I, I think the difference between Banks and Porter and me, I, and Matt, I think you hit on it, is the length. Like, yeah. Jamar Chase, he, he interferes every single play. And so I need someone to kind of interfere back. And, right. you know, I, I think I think Deontay Banks, right. the, la- the lack of the length, he can run with them. But when yeah. Jamar Chase is pushing out of the way and you don't have the arm length, that's what Porter's going to bring to the table. Yeah. Yes. And I, I wish I had Wex here to, to do a fact check on this, but has there ever been a father-son duo that has played for one or one organization in the NFL. Hmm. I feel like oh. I feel like Wex would round off like 20 of them. So. I know yeah. I, I, <laughs> I want to say I want to say I might have the answer, but I think it might have been the Karras uh family. Uh the guy that's actually the center for the uh Bengals now because I think the other uh older father played for New England back in the day. Okay. Okay. Might have to double check me on that, but yeah. you know well, in the honor of Jim here, maybe we'll throw some throw some knowledge around. There we go. <laughs> we'll we'll start next week out. He'll be like, and to answer that question, yeah, he'll throw it out there. So all right. So with number 17, Shane selects Joey Porter Jr., quarterback out of Penn State. We've heard him mock to the Steelers. Probably he's the most most mocked pick to the Steelers with that uh first round selection. It makes a lot of sense. Shifting gears here, number 32. Roy, you are on the clock. Well, after a lot of deliberation here, I'm letting my phone lines just burn up. You know, Verizon's going to be paying me a lot of money here. But I got the low-hanging fruit. I want a pivot man here at 32. I want the guy that's going to be the next center for the decade, John Michael Schmitz, the guy with three last three names. But he finishes (laughs) like he's a wrestler. Um, I'm going to take this guy every day of the week. He is the leader up front. Uh, you know, I compare him to Ryan Jensen. He got some nastiness to him. He can get out in space, you know, redirect guys, run blocking, very good communicator and passing off stunts. Um, strong, strong hands can anchor against bull rushes. Love that pick. You know, even if Mason Cole gets to start the first few games till he gets his feet wet in our system, I think Michael Schmitz, 
And I think these two picks, you know, with Shane taking Porter, uh, Porter Jr. and now Schmitz, um, we got that physicality that we're building on through free agency with the guards that we selected and and some of these other guys. We're we're building a physical monster here uh, that Najee Smith can run behind. Matt Roy, yeah, I mean, I I love it because it's trenches, you know, and he's he's a smart smart center, like you said. Um, is he? Because I I look at the top centers. And I know you in 40 is not everything, and he's agile. Five, three, four, I think it was the 40. And I look at Jason Kelsey at a four eight. You know, you look at those those top end guys that move somewhere four eight to four flat. Is he gonna be able to do everything we ask? You know, I mean he's probably not gonna pull like Dermani, but he's you know, he's if you're if you're getting picked that high as a center, you know, I want him to at least have that Creed Hunt, Humphrey athletic ability. And it's slightly lacking and he's 24 years old, but I love him at the same time. I know where you're, you're coming from. So I just want to get your take on that. And either of you guys take, but go yeah, ahead. I mean, as far as athleticism. Yeah. If you want to, if you want the athletic center, you're going to take Tipman from Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. He's the bigger body, got better length. Um, but for me, I want the guy that's the grizzled veteran ready to go. We just seen, you know, they kind of didn't care about Pickett being 24. John Schmidt, uh, John Michael Schmitz ready to step in day one. Um, I'm wouldn't be uh, surprised if he'd be the day one starter, win the job over Cole. Uh, but I, I just like, you know, his background with wrestling. I, I like his physicality at the point of attack a little better than what Tipman is. Um, even though he's the better guy out in space, I will give you that one. Uh, but. Sure. I like I love Schmitz. <laughs> I, well, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I just I love the pick. I mean, they put invested so much into rebuilding that interior. Um, you know, bringing in a center and the, the history that the team has with that position. You know, potentially this could be a guy that comes in and you're you're anchored there at that center in both guard spots. Um, you know, the question then becomes what do they do at tackle? And do they feel comfortable enough with what they have there or do they just give it another year to see if the Dan Moore project can work out or if Chooks can work out? But I do like that pick. Well, that's uh, to be honest, guys, uh, you know, with the confidence they expressed with with tackles, I think in free agency, you would have seen them maybe bring in a guy that has some starting experience. I'm not talking to Raven Clark because he's not more than a, you know, a depth piece. But um, if you look at the last Super Bowl champions we had, we had solid tackle play. But where did we spend our money? Right there on the interior. You yeah. Know, you always look throughout our history, whether it's been centers and our guards, whether it was DeCastro, Fanica, yeah. you know, that's where we always put our hang our hat on is right yeah. there, the pressure up this up the middle and then three. Um that's why I think, you know, the tackles I think maybe get a little bit more of a pass as far as the way they evaluate. They they want to take guys maybe in that mid rounds, let them sit behind a guy for a couple of years and learn from them. Yeah. Sure. Well, they brought in they brought in right they they brought in some guys they the Raven Clark is a minimum so that makes me think do they like somebody in the draft when you, you sign the third guy for the minimum are they really targeting in that I'm not in love with Dewan Jones I just don't like six eight three seventy five if he's six eight three forty and he can but he can control his weight all right and can move a little bit better you know maybe uh yeah. There's a go. guy. There's a guy right now, Matt. That uh, I'd love to see him bring in because we have a lot of younger guys. 
He played well in, in, in spot duty last year. Jason Peters, Hall of Fame player. He played guard for Dallas last year. Bring him in as a third tackle. I know he's in his 40s, but that's a guy you can have these young young tackles pick his brain. And he's sure. athletic specimens. That's that's where I'd be looking at. Right. And don't discount doubling up. You can take an interior lineman and a tackle, right? Exactly. I mean, you can do both. Um, so I think it's interesting. You know, we'll see. I think it depends who's there, right? If John Michael Schmitz is gone or Anton Harrison from Oklahoma, if he's there, he might be gone. Um, I, I think uh, along the same lines, don't Steve Avila from TCU is another possibility at 32. If they want to go with the interior line, it uh, could be a good fit. All right. So uh, first two picks are done here. John Michael Smith, center out of Minnesota at number 32. Matt, you are now on the clock. All right. Three, nine. Well, the center pick made it hard on me, but that's okay. I like John <laughs> Michael Schmidt. Um, I think because now I think they're going to have to go D line in one of those first three picks. You know, I Cam Hayward's 34. We don't know when that's going to any injuries might say. I know he takes great care of himself. You know, Larry Ogan Joby had issues, and we have two centers that are getting paid league minimum, basically. So, I mean, not centers, but uh, nose tackles. So, I, I don't necessarily want to rely on that. They need a top end talent from the defensive line. Now, I think Mozzie will probably be gone. You know, that's why I kind of target him at 32. I like the upside of, of Keon White being 285 pounds with 34 inch arms. Uh, I don't know if it's realistic that he'll be there. I think they probably like my gut instinct tells me they like Keanu Benton more than they probably like Mozzie Smith. And when I look at the tape, I don't, I don't fall in love with it. So, but I think it would be in this scenario, Keanu Benton at 49, you know, is is where I'm going to lead. And what do you guys think on that? What's your, when you look at the tape, Shane, what do you, what do you see? I see. I, I like Keanu Benton mostly because he he was the one kind of cog that Wisconsin defense had. And you see consistently that he's getting double team, double team, yeah. double teamed, and, and you know that could be tricky because I you know he didn't crush it. That's why he's not a first round pick. Right. Uh, but he does everything else well. I mean, I like. I think he plays low. You know, he, he can fill those two gaps well, and still gives you a little bit of that pass rush. I, I think at the Senior Bowl is really where he showed what his upside is because right. you can see the technique developing through the week with NFL coaching. That's what gives me hope for him and why I have him rather high. So I, I, I love, I love that pick there. I think if he's there, that, that that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I agree, uh, Shane. The thing I, that I love about Keanu is his versatility. Um, mm-hmm. You don't get just pigeonholed to that nose tackle position. He plays nose, but he plays three. He plays one. He can also slide out to five. You know, we see the defensive line how it is now. We're not back in the early two thousands when they just had five techniques and a nose right. tackle. We yeah. have your two down linemen that play inside, maybe slide out to five, and have your edge rushers go off. So I like that versatility as well. To his skill set, like you highlighted there, Shane. Uh, that, that to me is these are three home run picks, you know, back to back to back. You're yeah, well, he was a state champion runner up in wrestling. I like wrestlers on the interior, right? And so that's an upside thing. You know, he's he's six, what, six, four, 309, yeah. I think. I mean, so like you said, he can he can move all over the, the line of scrimmage. He's got almost 34 inch arms. Um, just nothing wows you, right? It's not like, the high upside athlete or the high upside strength. 
you know, so I don't know if we're getting a great player, but I think they can get a, you know, they're going to get a very good player. And I think they have, I think they, they need to address that. They can say, you know, the best player available all they want, but I think it's time to address the D line with one of those, those picks. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely agree that there, there is a need there. Benton satisfies it. So that gives us a corner in the first round center addressing the offensive line round number two defensive line with that second, second round pick. So we're going to come over to me. Um, yeah. Man, it's a lot of pressure. I don't know if I can handle it. <laughs> uh, the, 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 their third round pick, number 80. I'm going in a little bit of a different direction here um, for a few different reasons. But I'll go back to, and Jim's talked about this on the show. I think we may have talked about it the last time, that the fact that Mike Tomlin and the Steelers contingency was at the Iowa State Pro Day. And I think it was for a player that um, some people have talked about and, and have connected to the Steelers, but I have the Steelers selecting Anthony Johnson Jr., the safety, uh, out of Iowa State because the Steelers yeah. love versatility. There is a need for some depth at safety. This guy played cornerback before he transitioned to the safety position. It's physical, versatile, need needs some work. He's, he's definitely going to need to grow. It's not going to be a guy who can come in and start right away. But just knowing how much the Steelers – like the 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 aggressiveness, the the physicality, and the fact that he has experience at corner, they can move him around the field, bring him along slowly. So with number eighty, I've got the Steelers selecting Anthony Johnson Jr. safety out of Iowa State. Interesting. I, I like <laughs> I, 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 I like the pick because you know we we talked about Porter's lack of ball skills. You take him in the first round. I think you get Anthony Johnson, a player that has some some ball instinct um i think can back up minka and then you can bring him in for physicality when you want to bring in a third safety or want to have him play play down in the nickel i mean i think that nickel position is is still lacking on this team and yeah. so bringing in some depth there i think is important when you look at you know day two day three of the draft you know one of the things i've been debating in my mind is like how are they going to go about it you know because do they get a slot corner? Do they get a guy like maybe Quan Martin who played corner, but it's kind of like that dime linebacker. Maybe, maybe if he's around in the third round, which I don't expect him to be, he replaces Millette, but he's a physical tackling cornerback slash safety. Does he fit that role? Sidney Brown, you know, I know why you like Sidney Brown, we, you know, there was a guy that maybe is, a, a, you know, kind of in the Troy Polamala mode of, of five, nine and a half, 211 pounds. How do they go about that? There's a number of different ways they can go about that position. So I find that intriguing that you kind of came outside the box. But Johnson, I like it. Yeah, so I, it brings up a debate. Yeah, I definitely like it, Jeremy. Uh, he's he's one of my favorite players for day three. Um, it's a little early for me, but hey. I, like Shane said, ball skills talk, and especially if you're going to play him down at the nickel side, he loves throwing his body around too. So maybe they're going to try to capture that Mike Hilton that we let walk away. And I loved having that come off the edge, that physicality, ball skills. And he's a pretty good mover in space. Um, you know what I mean? So, and he's he's a bigger slot type. You're looking at Mollette and uh, Hilton, who was there before, they're five nine ish. Johnson's a solid six foot tall. Um, he's a good corner. Um, played some safety as well. So you had that versatility and kind of playing amoeba type coverages at times with Keanu Neal and 
and uh, Damani Casey and Fitzpatrick. So anytime you can confuse the offense with your coverage schemes, sign me up for that player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, we're down to the three three picks remaining in this year's mock draft here on the Still City Insider podcast. We're going to the fourth round, um, pick number 120. Shane, you are back up. I think there's still a lot of possibilities here. We we talked about doubling up on the offensive line, maybe getting an offensive tackle. I uh, considered Ryan Hayes, the offensive tackle from Michigan, who the Steelers met with at the Combine. Uh, I, I know Roy probably still wants that edge rusher somewhere. Um, so, you know, maybe maybe a, a Tyra Sweet, someone like that. But, you know, this is, this is the Pittsburgh Steelers draft. We can't come away with a Pittsburgh Steelers draft without a receiver. All right. Yeah. So so I'm I'm, ta- I'm taking Jaden Reed, the receiver out of Michigan State, as kind of a, a developmental slot receiver for after Allen Robinson probably goes after one year. And we're gonna have to fill that position again. You know, Reed is kind of an analytical darling because of how the uh, Michigan State didn't pass the ball a ton. And when they did, it went to him. He, he got open down the field. He shows some underneath ability, you know, pretty good hands. I think he, you know, he's, he's not the biggest guy. He's under 190 pounds. Um, so whether it be, you know, playing that slot, if the big slot's not working, whether it be maybe Deontay Johnson, right, if he he moves on at some point, I think Jaden Reed has that versatility to fit this offense and give you a guy that can play special teams, be a return guy. I think I think that wraps up in the fourth round pretty well. All right. It's a Big Ten Steelers draft here. On the still <laughs> podcast today, because that's four out of five Big Ten slice. Any other comments on Reed, gentlemen? Yeah, I like Reed. I, you know, I, if we're gonna go wide receiver, fourth round has got to be the earliest. I'm, I mean, if you guys read any of my pieces over the years, I, I'm not big on. I, I want to. Bill Walsh had the theory: when the team is built, then I would draft receivers or in the first round or early. And I, I agree with that. I mean, you look at three of the blowout. Super Bowls from the Ravens in 2000 or 2014 Seattle. You look at 2002 Tampa Bay, pretty average receivers, right? But they had, you know, down fours that went too deep, you know, and the Cowboys had defensive lines that went too deep in the 90s. And you down the line, teams were good in the trenches one way or the other. And I don't want to say they're a dime a dozen. But if you got a great quarterback, you got a good, you can run the ball, you can run play action, you can get guys open. You know, I, I almost win him, Super Bowls with Ernie Mills and Andre Hastings, you know. So, like, I, I'm just saying, like, Jaden Reed is a good player. Uh, and so I have no problem with it there. But any earlier than that, I'm going to be saying, what are we doing, man? Are we going back to 60% passing and now we're not going to run the ball consistently? Oh, you know, that's my fear. So, don't yeah. get me on that soapbox, man. We got to stay balanced. <laughs> hey, you can't address all the positions, but at least Tomlin, like he said, we we don't have no glaring needs coming into here. He was just looking for some guys that we can develop, and that's the one thing with the draft. We get all excited with these players, but we look at our roster. We got a lot of veteran status here, so um, maybe only four guys out of these six, seven picks make the actual 53-man roster, so... Mm-hmm. Got to get the most impact you have for, you know, maybe that's the role he uh, Reed takes over Olszewski for a punt return job. And then towards the end of the year, it starts getting into the rotation there. So. Mm-hmm. So that moves us into the seventh round where really you're taking flyers on guys who have some really outstanding traits. You want to see if you could develop and turn into something. And Roy, you're up with number 241. 
Yeah, so I'm going to take one of my my guys in this draft. Uh, he's been a guy. It's been a darling um, from reading him uh, the Feldman's freak list. Uh, he's a two way player. We're going to go a little Baltimore Ravens style here. Derek Parrish from Houston uh, plays fullback, but is also an edge rusher. He's not the biggest edge rusher, but man, is he tightly wound and explosive. Uh, and if you're going to measure the draft picks this year with the biggest heart. I don't think you're going to find a guy with a bigger heart than Derek Parrish. So not only is he, he can, you know, fill two roles uh, with one roster spot, he's going to be a special teams demon uh, for the first few years. So I like versatility. This guy, he just plays like a stealer to me. I'm hoping he's not the, uh, the next, uh, I'll forget the guy's name, Sutton from Northern Illinois that we drafted a few years ago. <laughs> yeah, Sutton Smith. Thank you. I'm hoping he's not that guy, but I, I just I'm actually impressed with him as an edge rusher because he's just so frenetic with his hand pacing. Um, even though he might not have the greatest length, but he can convert speed to power. He's gonna he's gonna probably play a fullback more than edge rusher, but in a pinch, why not? Especially if you're gonna get a guy on special teams here in the seventh round. I like it. Versatility, versatility. There we have it again. So that's Derek Parrish out of Houston. Then Matt, you're bringing this home. Number two fifty one. Final Steelers draft pick in the 2023 NFL draft. Who's it going to be? I almost want to go Big Ten on you and go Jake Moody. (laughs) So, you know, no, uh, they need a third quarterback. Right. I think I don't know about need, but they like to, you know, have three quarterbacks. And right now they have two. So I like a lot of these guys. Like I know Jaron Hall won't be there, you know, but the baseball background. I like Hayner from Fresno. That kid is smart. He knows football. Uh, high football IQ, but he probably won't be there. But he's got a little purdy in him. I, I, I'm going to say Max Duggan, you know, just because, all right, if I look at a third guy, I want him to be athletic. I want, you know, if there's a, and you're, you're going up against, let's say, a Lamar Jackson and you need a scout team guy, I don't think Dorian Robinson, Rob, uh, was it Robinson Thompson from UCLA? I don't think he'll be yeah. there either. So I think a guy maybe like Duggan is still hanging around because of how any, you know, inconsistent he is with his accuracy throwing the football. So let's get that third quarterback in there and throw a popular name out there. Got heart, man. Max Duggan got a lot he of experience. <laughs> A lot of, lot of heart, you know, he got oh. benched and came back, so it could be a lot worse for a seventh-round pick. I, th- I think yeah. the worst compliment you can give someone is they got a lot of heart. That's how <laughs> a lot of heart. <laughs> like, of okay. Heart. <laughs> XFL champion here, soon to be Max Duggan. <laughs> uh, no, it, it, is a good, it is a good pick because we need that third quarterback, yeah. and I, I like Duggan uh, as well, so I'm in. When he runs 4-5, he's tough. Yeah. You know, they should have quarterbacks, give him the quarterback sneak, and they win the Big 12 championship. You know, that had me pulling my hair out because now they're going against Michigan with uh, with some anger behind. A loss always refreshes you. And, uh, you know, so I was pulling hard for TCU at that moment. But, no, he's just – he seems like an ideal third guy, a guy you want to add to the room. So why not at this right. stage of this draft? <laughs> yeah. So to review, we had Joey Porter Jr., cornerback, go at number 17, John Michael Schmitz, center at number 32. Keanu Benton, defensive lineman at number 49. We had Anthony Johnson Jr., safety at 80. At 120, Jaden Reed, wide receiver. 241, Derek Parrish, fullback slash outside backer, edge. And at 251, Max 
Duggan, I, I struggle pronunciation. Duggan. Duggan quarterback. And that's it. That's a draft. Gentlemen, any final thoughts? Well, we didn't pick it, take a tackle, so I think we're getting fired. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> so, uh, guys, where can we uh, check out your work? Uh, Twitter handle, social media for follows. Yeah, you, you can check me out at draftcountdown.com. We'll actually be live streaming all three days of the draft. So I'll have live analysis of every single, not only Steelers pick, but every single pick in the draft. If you want to check that out, uh, draftcountdown.com. Ruin? Yeah, you, you definitely you definitely want to be watching uh, Shane's uh, breakdowns. They're pretty quality whenever it comes to uh, the whole three days. You don't want to watch ESPN and still be repeating day one analysis on day three. Shane's right. your guy there. Definitely want to hit him. So for me, uh, prospectencyclopedia.com. That's my personal scouting company. Uh, go, go check me out there. I just dropped my top 400 big board and top 100. I'm going to be having my final mock draft out here. Uh, on Twitter, it's at Preacher Boy Roy. And we all know 24-7 sports. You can go check out all the great content here. You'll see a lot of our faces scattered all around there as well. Um, and just a huge thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Very cool. You know me, Jeremy. Yeah, I know, Matt. You're, I know you're uh, you're dark <laughs> on social media. You're not on there. So <laughs> anyway, you can just give, give Matt a shout out on the message boards. But we appreciate all of you watching today. Please give us a like, subscribe. Let us know if you want to have us back on here. We could do this more roundtable discussion. Maybe we could do something where we're talking about the, uh, the selections after the draft. Uh, so please, your feedback in the comments is greatly appreciated. Your support of the Still City Insider uh, podcast is super appreciated. And we will see you back here next week, episode 65, where we are talking about a brand new Steelers draft class. Everybody, thank you so much for watching and have a great day. Thanks, gentlemen. Thank you.